Welcome to 1514, the podcast of the Biblical Counseling Coalition. Our goal is to help Christians understand the truth of Romans 1514, that they are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, and able to counsel one another. I'm one of your hosts, Curtis Solomon. And I'm Lakin Brandt, your other host. Be sure to check out more resources from the BCC at biblicalcc.org. Well, today's podcast is going to be a little bit different. Uh, It's also the launch of our new season. So welcome back to 1514. We're really excited to have you continue listening and excited to launch out a new season. One of the things that we're going to be doing this this season that's different is we're going to have a co-host on our podcast from time to time. Sometimes I'll still interview guests on my own, but often I will have our new co-host, Lakin Brandt. So Lakin, say hi to everybody. Hi, everyone. And Lakin is our first interview for the season is actually going to be me interviewing Lakin, so you get to know her a little bit, Uh, but she threw it back at me and said, well, I want to interview you too, so this is going to be an interesting conversation. Uh, We hope that it is informative and edifying to you, but also hopefully a little bit entertaining. Um, I I asked Lakin to be a co-host for a number of reasons. One is I think it's, it adds a dynamic to the podcast to have multiple uh, people asking questions and, and uh, bringing other opinions and ideas into it from time to time. We might just have a conversation, the two of us, where we're talking about a different topic. Uh, But Lakin has a great energy about her. If you've had the blessing of meeting her at one of the conferences, you already know that she's great at our booth uh, to get out there, get to know people, talk, and I think that will come through in the podcast, (laughs) I'm I'm hoping, Uh, but she's a lot of fun, Uh, so I hope you enjoy hearing insights from her and also getting to know her via the podcast. So, Lakin, uh, tell us what got you into biblical counseling in the first place. I think that's a good place to start for this kind of podcast. (laughs) Yeah, so I actually... Didn't know about biblical counseling before coming to Boyce College. Um, And so I did receive some type of counseling when I was younger in my high school years. And yeah, that kind of led a trail that I didn't know down to the biblical counseling realm. But I came into Boyce College thinking, I don't know, I kind of want to help with ministry. And then all of a sudden over the summer before coming to Boyce, I had a lot of people come to me with a lot of advice and I felt really ill-equipped. And I thought that it was me just kind of gleaning off of my own thoughts and either experiences and thought, wow, this would be very helpful in any area of life, whether Mm. it's formal or informal. And so just thought, what's better than being equipped to minister the word to others and to do that for the rest of my life. No, that's fantastic. And you're getting ready to graduate this, this semester, right? Yes. Congratulations. (laughs) Well, we haven't finished yet. So, well, I I have every confidence you will, you will graduate and you'll do just fine. What has the experience been like for you? So you, Mm. you basically didn't know about biblical counseling until college and then became a biblical counseling major. What was the, what was the catalyst that made you decide this is what I want to major in? Mm. Yes, I had intro to biblical counseling freshman year with Dr. Rogers, and he just laid it out of just a doctrine of the Bible. And he loves Ezra 7.10, talking about Mm. him devoting himself to studying, doing, learning, and teaching the law. And so 
that's just, I mean, that's the Christian life, but mm. also just being able to do that for yourself and to help others. And then seeing the sufficiency of scripture, that was just something I never really took time to meditate on. And I was so in awe. Like mm. I was a even kind of swung and I just was like, every single time someone was feeling down, I immediately would sometimes just slap a verse, like with my mom and my dad. And they're like, okay. And so just like seeing um, how actually that's not biblical counseling. Biblical counseling <laughs> is not just slapping a verse on there. Um, Glad you clarified because we were going to have to one stop the podcast and two go back and redo your degree if that's what you took away. But thank you for no. Doctor Rogers eliminated that right from the start <laughs> and just seeing the process of um, yeah pulling out the heart um, and then also just helping reorient it and align it to scripture. Yeah, no, that's great. Uh, partway through your time at Boyce, you found out about this organization called the Biblical Counseling Coalition uh, and ended up becoming an intern with the organization. Uh, what was that like? What caught your attention? How did you get connected with the BCC? Yeah, I heard about the Biblical Counseling Coalition through Rebecca, one of your other interns, and I was like, Oh, wow. First, my thought was this will look good probably on a resume. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was like really intrigued because I didn't know there would be a coalition for biblical counseling mm. um, and just understanding the need for that, but also seeing just how much we do have in common for biblical counseling and helping not only the big organizations um, resource with one another, but also just the individuals and seeing mm. how we need those bridges because we need, we're designed to live life with one another. And so to do that in biblical counseling is very necessary to have other people speak into it. So, yeah, that just that concept of being better together than we are alone and being able to sharpen one another, mm -hmm. encourage each other, equip each other. Yeah, no, that's really good. Uh, and you've had the unique opportunity to be, I'm, I'm doing all the interviewing, by the way. <laughs> uh, I've cut, I haven't given you the option to ask me a question. Mm -mm. Um, so I will in a minute. It's coming. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but you've had the unique opportunity both to attend the conferences, but also you got to go to the summit, uh, mm. the BCC summit, which is a, a really cool treat without divulging, you know, secret information that was discussed there. Just kidding. But without violating confidentiality types of things. What was that experience like for you? Yeah, being able to actually go to the conferences was helpful to see that the Biblical Counseling Coalition and how it actually works is connecting individuals at each organization, whether that be CCEF or ABC or ACBC, helping them connect and see the good in BCC because not many people know about BCC, but then helping them see that they cannot just like if we're in texas the woman in texas can reach out to someone over in ohio mm. um or just seeing that it's the actual implication and application of the bcc like it's not us just having this coalition but it's genuine helping people build relationships and gain more resources to better serve in the biblical counseling realm and movement so that was your experience of the conference being like where you're helping promote the BCC at the booths. Uh, when you got to go to the summit this past year, that's a even a really special treat. What was that like for you? 
Yeah, I mean, it's all of the people that I read books from. And so one, that was just the people that have encouraged and totally spurred me on and made my love for God and his word was just seeing them in person was great. But just seeing how one of the big themes at the BCC summit was seeing how much we have in common. Mm, Um, And all of that, that commonality is just grounded in our love for God and for his word. And that being the thing that we help people with and seeing true change with. Um, And so that was very encouraging to see the whole spectrum of BCC and the different organizations just coming together and being like, Hey, I see it from this view and I see it from this view and seeing, okay, these are great views to look at this certain situation and how to help one another. It helps you just broaden Mm. your idea of how to help someone either holistically or just helping them see their situation better. Yeah. Oh, very good. Well, I've asked you a lot of questions. I know you said you wanted to interview me, so I'll let you ask a few questions now if you want. No, definitely. So you are um, the executive director over BCC, Mm -hmm. but what was it like before being an executive director? Um, Well, I mean, life was very, it was very different. Uh, I was honestly pretty shocked when I was approached about even being considered for this role. I was an associate pastor in California, working at a church, uh, overseeing youth ministry, and then also being very involved in the counseling ministry. We had a counseling training center at the church. Uh, really loved and still love the people. We actually just had some family from that church out here in Louisville. Their kids were checking out Boys College, so I got to sit in chapel uh, with our old one of the elders at our church, and he played the piano for a long time. So mm-hmm. uh, being in church life is very different. Uh, church ministry is very different than kind of this parachurch uh, thing. But I've had a love for biblical counseling for over 20 years now. I was exposed to it when I was an undergrad mm-hmm. student like you in college. I had never heard about it until my freshman or sophomore year in college. And I took a marriage and family counseling class, and it just besides understanding how to help marriages, seeing the practical application of God's word into Mm -hmm. life. Um, So I've carried that with me through a variety of different ministry opportunities, Mm -hmm. uh, which those different opportunities, I I think, helped me be equipped for this role as the executive Mm -hmm. director because I know what it's like to serve in a parachurch ministry. I know what it's like to fundraise from previous ministries. I know what it's like to be kind of bivocational in the sense of working a a government job and doing ministry on the side. I know what it's like to be in the church uh, counseling. I know what it's like to be in the church doing training, counseling training. So when the, when I get together with the different people who are part of the BCC, I have a little, not obviously not full understanding of everything about their life, but I can connect with Mm -hmm. a variety of people on a bunch of different levels. Um, so yeah, life in California is different than life in Kentucky <laughs> a little bit. Uh, the weather is not bad in Louisville, but it's way better <laughs> in California yeah. minus the drought and minus fire season. Um, but no, life was, life was, life was good. And uh, I started a PhD that also helped open up this door. So that, that was a, that's just a challenging season. So I'm not sure if that's exactly where you're getting at, but that's my answer. No, that's great. It's helpful to see what ministry and where the Lord was equipping you to be in this spot today. 
Um, so you said you were in other ministries that mm-hmm. weren't solely biblical counseling. How, what would be your pitch for people who are in other ministry um, titles or positions, mm-hmm. but they don't have a biblical counseling degree? What would be your biggest pitch for them to be like, this is helpful? Yeah, no, that's that's a great question and something I regularly do both with college students, uh, the students coming in for intro are not all biblical counseling majors, so I always try to help them understand whether they're a business major, a teacher ed major, or something, how biblical counseling and an understanding of God's word being applicable to all mm-hmm. situations in life is is pertinent to their situation. Uh, uh, sometimes they transfer over into biblical counseling. And as I'm <laughs> fond of saying in our classes, sanctification is a process. So uh, some of them... So we're more <coughs> sanctified. Yeah, maybe. Uh, no. <laughs> uh, but going to your question, why would biblical counseling be something to study as a pastor, as a parachurch ministry leader. Like one of those parachurch ministries that I worked in was trying to evangelize and disciple Mm -hmm. legislators and staff in the state capital in Arizona. Um, Really unique, really interesting, cool opportunity. But man, biblical counseling was applicable there because there are people there. And people have problems. People have questions. People are going through trials and difficulties and people are are facing temptation and struggling with sin no matter where you go. Um, and biblical counseling is really teaching people how to do in-depth discipleship, addressing the various trials, temptations, and, and difficulties that come into life with God's word. And even when you're not going through a trial or temptation, it has a lot to say about living well in the Mm -hmm. good seasons of life. And biblical counseling historically has been something that people turn to in the midst of difficulty to get help and hope from God's word. And what I, what I tell everybody is we are all counselors, whether you have the title whether you have a certificate, you're a counselor because unless you're living in a, in a cave with nobody else, because somebody's going to come up to you someday and say, hey, I have this question, what do you think? Or I have this problem facing me, what do you think? Mm. Uh, help me think through this. And you are going to give some counsel. You're going to give some advice. The question is, do you want to give your advice, your opinion, or do you want to give God's wisdom and biblical counseling is just equipping you to do that. So um, I tell parents all the time, this degree at the college is a first and foremost, a life preparation degree. You're always going to be a better human being, sibling, spouse, parent, coworker, leader, ministry leader by what you learn in biblical counseling. Um, so that's that's kind of the pitch I would give. So anybody, whether they're in full-time vocational ministry, in a local church, in a Christian school, in a parachurch ministry, you're going to be a better whatever you are there mm-hmm. because God's word, you understanding how to apply God's word to your life and the lives of others is always going to um, grow you, help you flourish, and and bring glory and honor to God. No, that's great. I think someone I heard in one of my classes before pointed out that 
this is more on the pastor side of things, but if you want to be a good pastor, you need to know how to counsel well and counsel from the word of God or else you're just a preacher up there and not actually shepherding your flock. Yeah, that was one of the distinctions pointed out to me when I was in my undergrad is, do you want to be a preacher or do you want to be a pastor? Mm. And I'm not trying to throw uh, any pastors under the bus, but we understand when you look at Scripture and the New Testament in particular and what leaders in the church are called to do, preaching is a part of it. It's not the entirety of it. Um, and I always tell pastors, you will be a better preacher that you that part of your ministry will be enhanced when you are meeting hmm. with people in your church because your your application of scripture will be more pointed to the actual needs of people in the church you'll have more compassion and sympathy for the people in the church and know what they need to say and you will just understand human beings better because mm-hmm. part of our role uh, is to read and understand and interpret the word of god but we also need to read understand and interpret the hearts of human beings and it's you will be better at that if you're sitting there meeting with people and talking to them, hearing their stories. So, yeah. No, that's so good. So what, I'm going to give you a break and ask you a question. (laughs) What's been your favorite thing about interning with the Biblical Counseling Coalition? Oh man, there's so many. I would probably say, actually our, we have Friday intern meetings Mm -hmm. and we go through a book called Consider Your Counsel by Bob Kelman. Yep. I think, yes. yes. And so, Robert, Bob. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We're best buds. No. Uh, and so, we are going through it and mm-hmm. just looking at some common mistakes. And whether you are a seasoned like you, a seasoned biblical counselor or rookie like me, and just it's applicable to anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, just like God's truth anytime is just such great reminders. It's not that I'm coming up with this huge new truth, um, but it goes through different ways to consider how I'm counseling. And it has just helped me take time and slow down about my counsel. Mm. As I'm learning, we're always learners. So we're always trying to figure out what can I do better? What can I do better? But it just helps you be like, okay, slow down. What do I need to consider to do better? Mm. Like I know I have maybe checked off this box that I know how to assign better homework, but is this homework something that's actually serving my counselee? Is it actually homework that's helping me get more information that I couldn't in the counseling room? Things that just help you. So it, just the relationships that you build while trying to consider your mm-hmm. your own counsel and just figuring out how they view this chapter. Um, so that's just been very helpful and very encouraging to see that we just want to grow in the word of God and our understanding how to apply it. And just to do anything in life is, it just helps you see um, how God is so caring because he's Mm. trying to help this counselor and he's trying to help this counselor. And so, yeah, that's the best. Well, that's, that's good. Yeah. I've really enjoyed one of the things I love about it too, is I, is having the students lead the discussion or have them do chapters one. It's one less task for me, (laughs) but also it makes you guys take a little ownership for it. And, and Mm. it's, it's encouraging too, because, um, it's just encouraging to see how much how how much you guys love it, how seriously you take it, how much you're internalizing the truths that you're learning. Um, you have had the unique opportunity too of serving as a resident assistant at Boyce College, which I think is a fantastic uh, job for biblical counseling students to have because you get even if it's not a formalized counseling relationship, you have a lot of opportunity to 
provide biblical counsel mm. in that situation. What has, how has your study of biblical counseling impacted you as an RA and helped mm. you be a better RA? Mm. Yeah, it's helped me tremendously. It's helped me to be slow to speak and to really ask good questions, questions that help draw out the heart and help you see how complex but simple the heart is and how it just manifests itself, but also to help see that Christians who love the Lord struggle with sin and how the Lord has been kind to give us people to walk alongside us and reveal that and help us walk through. But some of the biggest things that have been helpful have been seeing how I do not have to be the one to change the person and how I have this weight lifted off of me of I get to come into this room with the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit is the one that gets to decide and use my feeble efforts, <laughs> but also gets to use the word of God that is pure and true and alive. And it's just such a joyous time um, to just rejoice with them, but also to weep with them, knowing mm -hmm. that this is the heart of God um, before them. And so just that's a big weight of just understanding my role, God's role in this um, counseling room. And also just getting to partake in that has just been um, tremendously encouraging and also just eye-opening that like God is truly the one who has the capability and power um, to help us get out of our own selves. We are the ones that are struggling and our own hearts are the problems, but since he knows our hearts so well, he knows how to help us. And so mm. we just get to come alongside. So, No, one of my favorite books and one of the favorite books of many, many biblical counselors is Instruments in the Redeemer's Hands. And mm -hmm. that title kind of says it all. Like we get to be tools used by God to help others. And it's, it's fantastic. Um, so yeah, I would encourage you. I know you said you're a rookie, uh, but for rookies, being able to be an RA gets you a lot mm. of in a sense, hours of <laughs> you get lots of practice uh, living with uh, and being, in a sense, looking out for the well-being of a lot of young ladies uh, who are in college. So, um, all right, your turn. You get to ask a question. Oh, good. So, you're over Biblical Counseling Coalition. Mm -hmm. So, that's more so on the Biblical Counseling Movement end. Yep. Just in the biblical counseling movement, where would you like to see it in 10 years? What things would you like to be either known about biblical counseling or furthered? Yeah, no, that's a, that's a good question. I, I saw that you wrote that down and I thought, well, my first, in, in my first thought is I hope we don't exist because I hope Jesus comes back before mm. then and then there's no need for <laughs> yes. biblical counseling. Yes. That's, my, that's what I really mm. pray for and hope for. But because I'm not God and he has a plan and there, it, it, as long as we're here, there are people who need the gospel. I think what I would like for us most of all, my heart and why I am in this role at the BCC is for greater unity in the biblical counseling movement. And my predecessor, Garrett Higby, always talked about unity without uniformity. We actually don't want uniformity in all of our uh, thinking and all of our practice because God has created us as a very diverse mm. bunch of people as human beings. Um, and so some, some personalities, some theological 
bents or preferences are going to reach and minister to different people that that other preferences, personalities, and theological bents would not. Obviously, though, we have the, our confessional statement and our doctrinal statement that really center us around confessionally. These are the things that we believe, but then there's a lot of room for diversity mm-hmm. and lots of other things. Um, but a, a, a humility, uh, a graciousness to each other, an interpreting each other in, in love, um, and kindly thinking the best about one another, praying for one another, greater collaboration. Uh, I just actually, I'm getting to be a second reader on a dissertation here at the seminary. And it was so encouraging to be asked to do it because it was actually sparked by something we did six years ago at the BCC. Wow. Uh, our, our 2017 summit um, was with Johnny and friends uh, and thinking about disability ministry and biblical counseling and this pastor who got to attend as a guest now was sparked to do a project at his church helping make his church more disability friendly Mm -hmm. and friendly to people with disabilities uh attitudinally and stuff and that wouldn't like that seeing the rubbing of shoulders and connecting relationally and just being with one another talking it sparks interest that sparks good works and and stuff that will Mm. flow down for years and decades and eternity that we don't even get to see Uh, but all of that is done best in unity Hmm. when we are questioning each other suspicious of each other doubting each other talking poorly about each other we're we're not only causing division and setting a poor example for the 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 church the watching church and the watching world we're missing out on opportunities to make each other better. So unity, greater collaboration uh, with things, broader expansion of biblical counseling. I'm so encouraged and excited every time I hear about a new ministry starting up in a country mm-hmm. where there hasn't been biblical counseling before or where within a country they're, they're maturing and developing their biblical counseling community and culture and their within their their nation's culture so they go from having one church to having multiple churches practicing biblical counseling to having a a seminary or college training and doing certification in biblical counseling to hosting their own conferences and where they start by hosting their conferences bringing in well-known speakers from out of out of their country to then graduating to just being able to host their own you know, and they start publishing, like, it's amazing. It's been Mm -hmm. wonderful to see. Uh, And so in 10 years, I would like to see more of that Uh, Mm -hmm. with our regional networks. We would love to see a regional network, definitely at least one on every continent, but I'd love to see, I can't say one in every country in 10 (laughs) years, like that's a little bit too ambitious of a goal, but, but expanding beyond one per continent to maybe three or four per continent by, by year 10 and then everywhere in the United States and then a, 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 a deepening. So strengthening the core through unity, hmm. broadening the, the, the reach of the movement, but then increasing our excellence, hmm. learning where, what we're doing that needs to be improved and improving it. And then getting just getting better at what we hmm. do as as individual counselors, as trainers, as schools, as all of these different things. <clears throat> um, 
Yeah, those are my dreams for the next 10 years as I'm getting a text. So. <laughs> It's all good. You're a busy, busy man. So I do have a question. Um, You do serve in a lot of areas and you pour out in a lot of areas. I don't Mm -hmm. know if everyone knows here um, who's listening. Dr. Solomon, he he is the head of our biblical counseling program here at Boyce College. He helps with us interns. He's over the BCC. Mm -hmm. He's involved very well at his church. He's a husband. He's a dad. I mean, there's probably a million of other things that I'm forgetting. You go and you speak to people Mm -hmm. um, and do retreats. So what is just one thing? It can be biblical counseling. It can just be something else that helps you just understand how to have a servant heart and to do it well with a heart that is motivated. Huh. Having a servant heart, I, th- I mean, I think that drives everything that I, I hope it drives everything mm. that I do. Really, I mean, it is, it is, I hate, well, the Sunday school answer is there for a reason. It's Jesus. Yeah. Um, always, everything about my life and my teaching and everything, I try to look at Christ as the ultimate example of what to do and, and have less of me and more of him in my life every day because I believe that's the, the goal for our lives is to glorify God. We do that best by demonstrating who he is, what he's like, mm-hmm. and we do that best in our own lives by becoming more like him. And that's Romans 8, 28 through 30, right? We are conformed to the image of Christ uh, through all the things that God brings into our lives. So that's, that's the, that is the answer of, mm-hmm. of how I hope to be motivated and strive and to be motivated and why, what keeps me going in this. Cause there, yeah, there, there are difficulties and difficult seasons. And, uh, the other side of that I think would be the body of Christ, um, mm-hmm. starting at my home, uh, where when things get tough, my wife gets encouraging and mm-hmm. that's awesome. And, and my boys and seeing them and getting to watch them grow, but also wanting to set a good example for them and, uh, yeah, just being refreshed by being with them. And then my church family this past Sunday, I went up to my pastor and said, Hey, you know, man, one of the things I love is in a challenging season of, of life and ministry, being able to come and gather as the body of Christ and just worship mm-hmm. together and see mm-hmm. a glimpse of heaven. And I, I love my, my pastors and, uh, the people in our church be refreshed that mm-hmm. way. So yeah, those are some things that help me hopefully maintain a servant's heart. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's good. And that's, that's helpful. It's, it does seem like it's a Sunday school answer, but those glimpse of heavens and keeping our eyes on the full revelation of Jesus Christ like that, that is what helps urge us on. And so, and that's you applying your own biblical counseling to yourself and being able to do that. Well, I mean, as you mentioned, like Ezra 710, it's one of my favorite verses as well. Not my favorite verse, but one of them. And what I talk about in spiritual life dynamics is that that, mm. that knowing the law of the Lord and then doing it and then teaching it. Um, yeah. If I, if I wasn't hopefully applying it, I, I shouldn't be teaching it either. Mm. So there you go. Well, we've, we've talked for 30 minutes, which went by way faster, way went faster. By really quick, but I do, I, I like two minute favorites. Um, it's one of my favorite segments of the, <laughs> the podcast and I didn't warn you that we were going to do this, but I am going to, oh I'm going to do it. I'm not good at this. Also, can I ask one really quick question? Sure. Feel free. Okay. So what is like a go-to biblical counseling resource that you typically use in the biblical, biblical counseling room? <clears throat> um, 
I'll, I'll list to you. One is the Transformation Bible Study Journal, which I created. Uh, and I'm not just saying mm-hmm. that to promote it. I created it because I saw the need for it and I see the value of it and I think it's super helpful. So I actually use that with every single one of my counselees because it is designed to teach them and equip them hermeneutics that is practical. Mm. The, it is designed around the concept of observation, interpretation, transformation. They need to see the word of God, understand the word of God, and live the word of God, like allow it to transform them. So all of my counselees use that. The other that I use, I I don't think I've had a counseling case in the last two years that I haven't used this book. It's Bob Kellerman's book, God's Healing for Life's Losses, hmm. because I've seen whether somebody's presenting problem is a more suffering kind of problem or a more sin kind of problem, they're both. They're hmm. both suffer and sinner and saint if they're a believer in Jesus Christ. But we are just not good at suffering. Mm. We're not good at grieving. We're not good at experiencing loss. And the Bible is full of rich knowledge and wisdom about how to help us do that well. And that is in it. And the thesis of the book is it is normal to hurt and it's necessary to grieve. And the Bible lays out a really good grieving process Um that is different than the the five stages of grief that most people are familiar with. And that has been transformative in my own life and in my own counsel. Mm. There are lots of, I will use lots of other resources that are, that target the specific problems that people have, but undergirding uh, all of life is suffering and hurt and pain. And we need to know how to do that Mm. well. So those are the, those are two resources that are my go-tos. No, those are great. I actually benefited from using your transformation Bible study. And so it's helpful, repetitive, and just helps you. <laughs> it's a good repetitive, repetitive where it's in like, a good way. Yeah, yes, yeah. very good repetitive of just like, this is a pattern I need to come to the Bible and use every yeah. each in time. And so, yeah, I love that. And the gospel primer is one that I mm, like always yeah. use with them just to help them fully understand the gospel before we go into your heart problems or yeah, what's yeah. actually going on. You know, the so. gospel primer for Christians is a great one. I use that a lot all the time. Yeah. No, that's a, that's a good, that's a good one. Well, just for the sake of everybody else's time, we're going to wrap this up with two minute favorites. Oh. Um, I could, we could talk for a long time and no, just keep could. going, but we don't want to, we'll save that. Yeah. We'll, <laughs> let, we'll, we'll, we'll spread the wealth later. All right, here we go. Two minute favorites. I'm going to start with some easy ones. What's your favorite food? Lasagna. What is your favorite candy? Dark chocolate blueberries. What is your favorite color? Ooh, I'd say a burnt orange. Favorite sport? Volleyball. Favorite sports team? Ooh, I would say Ohio State. Favorite gift you've ever received? Um, my fiance. Favorite gift you've ever given? Probably an experience gift to a concert. Favorite word? Oh, enjoy. Least favorite word? <laughs> um, probably moist. Favorite book of the Bible? Ooh, Ephesians. Favorite book outside of scripture? Oh, the Da Vinci Code. Favorite ice cream flavor? Dark chocolate raspberry. 
Favorite Bible verse? Ooh, currently, oh, all of Psalm 139. <laughs> uh, favorite movie? Oh, Pride and Prejudice. If you could have any superpower, what superpower would you choose? To read minds. Favorite animal? Oh, probably a monkey. If your mother were to describe you in one word, what <laughs> word would she use? Probably, uh, oh, probably out there. <laughs> Favorite restaurant? Oh, Lulu. If you, uh, what's one experience that you have had that most others have not? Oh, we've gone to the same vacation spot since I was zero. All right. There you go. Well, that, that wraps up our two minutes and Lakin wraps up our time together. I'm thankful that we'll get to have lots more of these conversations in the future. Sounds great. Thanks for listening. Make sure to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And special thanks to our team who helped make this podcast possible. My assistant, Rebecca Mullins, helps coordinate these interviews. And our podcast engineer, Caleb Lau, does a great job editing and putting everything together. We look forward to you joining us next time.